Gandhi said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service to others. It's a great reflection on why we all became volunteers as scouters. Sometimes, though, it's easy to get lost in all the parts of our organization. In this episode, we're going to dig into those parts that we may forget sometimes with Eagle Scout Matt Philippi. Welcome back to CampCast, the podcast for the Virginia Headwaters Council. This podcast will bring you inspiration from scouts and scouters around the council, help you catch up on scouting news and events, and pick up a scouting tip or trick along the way. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, come sit by the campfire, because from our backpacking trips with our troops to the Pinewood Derbies to the closing campfires at Camp Shenandoah, it's our traditions and stories that connect us to the future. Welcome everyone. My name is Adam Sowers, along with Kyle Infield, and today we'll be talking with Matt Philippi, our council treasurer. Welcome, Matt. Yep, thank you for having me. So Matt, welcome to CampCast, and thanks for coming on the show. Before we get too much into the weeds of what you do in scouting, you know, I want to know, what is your favorite camping story? So, I, I, of course, I have a lot of different fun camping stories. Um, I was involved in scouting, you know, from an early age uh, here in this council. So uh, there's there's a lot that I could talk about, but I think the most important one, and uh, I know that this is an audio only medium for right now, but um, I'm showing you all a patch from the 1996 Spring Camporee, and this occurred at Newmarket Battlefield. And the reason that one's one of my favorites is it's it was affectionately referred to as the Blowery for many years, um, and so. This was actually my very first camping trip as a, uh, I was a Weeblo and I, it was my like camping trip to go with the troop and see what it was going to be like. And, and at that time, Boy Scouts, now, now Scouts BSA. And I was all excited. I spent the day going around the different stations, spending the day all, you know, all throughout the battlefield and exploring all that the camper he had to offer. And then that night, we were, you know, hanging around in the in the, in the campsite, uh, and my father was there because you know Cub Scout camping rules at the time, and you know we're we're hanging around the campsite. We just finished dinner. We were cleaning up. Everybody was getting ready to go to the campfire, and then we kept on hearing that there were weather delays. There were waiting. There were storms that were in the area. They didn't know what was going to be happening, so we're just kind of milling around the campsite. And we can see that there are storm clouds everywhere. Um, and we, we weren't too concerned about it. I, I was just kind of taking the lead from from other folks. And then all of a sudden, as we're standing in the campsite, um, one of the scouts, his hair stood up on end. Um, and he was like, you know, kind of the tallest scout in the group. And it, that was a little bit of a thing. And when that happened, one of the scoutmasters was like, everybody in their tents now i mean this is a big open field there's nowhere to really go we're on top of a hill 
So the safest place place for us was in our tents. Um, and so everyone went into their tents and uh, the storm rolled, rolled in and uh, it just, there was heavy winds, there was hail, there was rain, there was lightning. And this lasted for what felt to me like hours. I don't know how long it actually was. Uh, the end up, we, the leaders got the vehicles into the campsite. We loaded everyone into cars, uh, and most of the youth and a couple of the leaders, we, we hightailed it back to Harrisonburg. Um, while some of the leaders kind of stayed behind to, to make sure everything was okay. Um, you know, and collect anything that had, you know, had, had gone astray. Um, I would, I would have to admit, I was extremely scared, um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, fourth grader, I think, at that time. And it, it was just a very frightening experience. And then uh, the next morning, we find out that it was a tornado that had actually come in and hit the Campery while we were out there. Um, and again, like if, you, if you've ever been to Newmarket Battlefield, that is just one big open field on a hill. It's, I mean, there's nowhere to go. There were tents that had blown across Interstate 81, um, from the winds. So, I mean, just everywhere there was debris and it was, it was a bit of a cleanup, but so that, that campery was called the blowery for many years. And that was my very first like troop camping experience, uh, in, in scouting. So I'm glad that didn't set you off on a course where you're, you're like, this is not for me. Glad you stuck with it. Yeah. That's, and that's, like I said, I mean, I have, I have that story and it's, it's nice to be able to tell it and, and say, you know, yeah, there are there are experiences that you will have that will be frightening, but you'll get through them, and you don't have to make that define your scouting, your time in scouting. Um, you know, you 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 will make choices all along the way, and when you're faced with something like that, being able to say, you know, uh, that experience was was interesting, it was frightening, but I, I made it through that, and there will be more adventures to come. So. Just, just put one hat on. I'll, I'll cover two because I think, I think these, these two are the, are the two we'll focus on most, and, and these are my two officially registered positions, um, and that is I am the district commissioner of the new Mountain Valley District, uh, which is all of our counties uh, west of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, I am also the council treasurer, which means I sit on the executive board, and it is my role to kind of. Uh, translate the financial documents to the executive board and answer questions about our finances. So, yeah, I think I do. We do want to really dig into that last part because I think most of us have heard rumors. Maybe some of us are actually on the executive board and I've seen the documents, but uh, there's a lot of fear and, and anxiety out there. And we hear things about the, the council office being sold. And, and what does that really mean for the, the average, average scout or the average unit? So uh, that's that's a big um, that's a big question we're getting a lot in, in my district commissioner role. I, I get asked that a lot from unit leaders because you know people want to know what about the advancement materials. Where am I going to to find that sort of thing? So the first thing I'll say is that the council office being sold is uh, an effort for us to build up some cash. Um, over the period of time uh, when you were with the pandemic and, and years before the the council went through a fair amount of cash 
And we weren't able to, to raise funds to kind of match that as much as we would have liked. Um, plus, uh, you know, a big part of the news was the bankruptcy um, case for the national, which all councils had to pay money into. And we also had to pay uh, roughly $300,000 from the council into that bankruptcy filing. So, uh, so we, we spent, we spent to spend a good bit of money over the past couple of years and all nonprofits have been facing, uh, revenue declines from, you know, from people giving people have been a little hesitant to give as much money as they used to organizations that would give grants have been a little more tight on their purse strings, um, giving money to specifically COVID related things. So because of that, the council is in a situation where we, we are in need of cash and we're, we're looking for ways to not only um, get that revenue, but also to, to reduce our costs as much as possible. And so selling the office is, is one of those opportunities where we can get funds from the sale, but also some of the costs that are associated with having a building that's you know roughly 4,300 square feet you know, we, we can now eliminate those. We, we don't necessarily need a staff the size that we had. Um, we don't have, you know, maintenance costs and, and there's not as many, we don't have a, a utilities that are going to be as high and things like that. And so that's the, the purpose of, of getting rid of the office, selling it off. So that way we can gain that money, but also reduce some of the expenses that are involved in having that. So I hope I hope that kind of makes sense um, and kind of explains that situation. As for the advancement materials, there are ways we will be working with neighboring councils. Um, I know a lot of people actually have already started talking to Heart of Virginia Council for some things. Um, that's going to be one big ones. Uh, National Capital Area Council. I'm pretty sure Shenandoah Area Council. You can, but I know with National Capital and Heart of Virginia, you can actually order online and they will ship materials to you. Um, for advancement things. And we're going to, of course, talk to them, you know, when we go into, when we find out we're going to be selling the office for a certain, when we have an offer we're going to accept, we'll work with them to make sure they know that we have unit leaders that will be reaching out to them to get materials so that that way we lay that groundwork. So that way we have a friendly relationship with them and, and they know what to expect. Okay. So what I just heard there is as a scouter, I'm going to have to start being prepared and actually planning ahead for my advancement rather than rushing over to the council office the day of my, my, my rank advancements. I, I'm not exactly sure that this is going to work with my lifestyle. I, I understand. And that is, uh, believe you me, I have plenty of scouters who will probably be thinking the same thing, but planning ahead for those courts of honors and PAC meetings will, will definitely be a necessity going forward. Um, and, and again, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can to, to you know, make that transition as smooth as possible. And as soon as I find out that this is going ahead, I'm going to be working with, um, with them to make sure I can get that information out to our units. But yeah, it's going to take a little bit of a little bit of a change. So I have to say, I feel a little bit personally attacked by that statement, Kyle. I wanted to ask you, Matt, what are some of the things that the council is doing to improve our fiscal transparency? So one of the things that uh, we've are, we've started as of this year is uh, I'm a big I'm a big transparency guy. I'm, I'm you know my, I work in the in the government sector, um, and so I'm a bi- I'm a big fan of making sure that people know what's going on, and I, I come at nonprofit governance in the same way. So I advocated for uh, our executive board guide is 
online currently. Um, we actually have a new web page on our website that is Executive Board Documents. And I created that so we have a place to house the Executive Board Guide as well as uh, all of the like the packet of information that the Executive Board or the Executive Committee receives each month. So... What we'll do is, uh, you know, the executive board guide links there, the January documents, which were for the annual meeting, they're up there now. And I will have, uh, in addition to the reports from other committees and our agenda and minutes from the prior meeting, I'm going to have in there the top sheet of the treasurer's report that lays out, here's our cash on hand, here's what our revenues look like compared to budget and, and things like that. So that information will be readily available to people to for, for people to look at in the executive board guide right now. The budget for the current year is available. It's a it's a broad look at the budget, so it doesn't get line by line detail, but it does provide some general ideas of where we're looking to spend money and make. Money. Would you like to give us kind of a little bit of an overview of our projected revenue for the year? So let's talk a little bit about. About the budget, I, pu I pulled up my presentation that I gave the board uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, the the big top line number is I, I budgeted for an estimated surplus of around thirteen thousand dollars, and in that budget, uh, I I was ambitious. I wasn't overly ambitious with it, but um, the past couple of years we've been running deficits. So even if we break even we're doing good. And that's why I built in that surplus to kind of give us a little bit of cushion. Cause my, my real goal is for us to break even this year. If we don't spend more money than we bring in, I'm happy. Um, so what we're projected to bring in revenue wise is, you know, about $918,000. So our, our budget, when I talk about our council budget and the size of our, our operations, I usually tell people we're around a $900,000 council. And so that means that our both our revenue and our expenses are right there around nine hundred thousand. So nine hundred eighteen is what we're looking to bring in, and uh, nine hundred five is what we plan on spending. Um, now, where does that revenue come from? The biggest chunk of our revenue, forty eight percent of it, is Camp Shenandoah, and so this is why we talk about why it's important for people to come home to camp, why, you know, when we're in this sort of situation, we want people to come to our council campus because that's our biggest revenue source. Now, that all being said, it's also our largest expense pool. And it's because property, like I mentioned with the council office, is not a cheap thing to maintain. So, um, so we, we kind of try to keep the Camp Shenandoah funds, you know, what we can, we put it back into camp and rejuvenate it. Um, other large factors of, of our revenue, we have, um, you know, there's the popcorn and peanut sale, there's the scout shop, there's special events. Um, now the scout shop, of course, that will go away this year if we sell the council office. Um, but it, it I mean, that was only around 2% of our, of our overall revenue, um, but popcorn and peanuts is a large chunk and then special events. Those, those two are our next, next largest segment. Special events are those fundraising events like the golf tournament, uh, all in for scouting, um, the FOS luncheon. Those are the events that that's our second highest amount of revenue, uh, from those. And then 
the the fourth thing on that list is uh, friends of scouting. So, so those are our top four revenue generators: is camp, special events, popcorn and peanuts, and uh, friends of scouting. I'll just go ahead and put my camping committee hat on and, and just mention to everyone that we are going to have a cub resident camp this year that's new so that'll be an additional thing that we are going to be doing at camp which i'm personally very excited about absolutely i uh, getting uh so my when i was actually young my first year of cub scout day camp so to speak was at camp shenandoah um and so after that it was in a different location but i remember going to camp shenandoah for that first year and it was a lot of fun as a cub scout and it feels like a much bigger place when you're that young. Um, so it, yeah, it's an exciting place to be. I, I love it out there. I worked on staff when I was a, a youth out there. So, so I heard you mention um, about friends of scouting. That's something that we say FOS, we say friends of scouting. And I think a lot of people in our council might have some idea what yeah. that is, but could you explain a little bit more about friends of scouting? Sure. So, Friends of Scouting is uh, is essentially the way that um, we get a good chunk of our revenue that we don't have to put money into. So it's it's donations to the council, and so I mentioned that camp is our largest revenue generator, and then I mentioned popcorn and peanuts, and I mentioned the special events. Well, those three things cost us money. They cost us a good bit of money. Um, but FOS is when people donate money to the council to make the program happen. And it's broken down into several different categories. There's the community uh, where we reach out to community organizations, corporations, all those sorts of things to, to bring in money from that, that avenue. There's what we call the, the big gifts, which are, you know, us trying to get those, those large donations where, you know, some some councils will see these you know sizable gifts come in from from places, and those often will go to the endowment. Uh, and then there's the family component, and the family component is where we, as the council and districts, we try to go out to all of the units and present to our families that uh, we're, we're looking for them to kind of invest in the scouting program here. And that's the thing is, you know, we have. Camp has its own revenue generation, but all of the program, like a lot of the programs we have, the administrative stuff, it doesn't necessarily uh, generate its own source of revenue the way some of the other stuff, no, other stuff does. And so that's why FOS is important to cover those other things. I mean, office supplies and all that too. So, you know, when I joined scouting and then soon thereafter became a cub master, the most common question I get is like, so why are we doing this FOS thing when we just paid our dues to national? Like what, it's, explain this, this, this thing to me where I'm being asked to pay dues and then I'm being asked to make a donation. So that's the, um, that's the thing about the the way the dues work and you actually hit the nail on the head is that the dues go to national so we we may collect the dues here at the council you know the the units give their check to the council office when they recharter each year but those dues are then pulled directly out of our account and they go to the national in irving texas we those those don't stay on our books uh we're we have like what we call a custodial account where we can't touch that money it goes in goes out that's that's that um 
but we have a lot of other financial things that we need money for in the council. We, you know, like I guess I mentioned, you know, the office supplies, there's, you know, we have uh, a scholarship for people to go to Camp Shenandoah. We, you know, we call them camperships. We have, um, we have scholarships for, you know, for families when they may not be able to pay the dues. Um, you know, there are, you know, the, the controversial one, the, the salaries of our professional scouters who uh, they, even, even though they may frustrate volunteers sometimes have a very important role for us here in the council. And, in, in you know, I, I used to uh, run rescue squad and uh, I was fortunate here at Harrisonburg that it's all volunteer, but in the surrounding County, there's actually paid, you know, uh, firefighters who run on the ambulances. And the reason for that is because volunteers can't be there 24 seven, but, when you uh, have a volunteer organization and they have to handle certain things, there needs to be somebody available when volunteers aren't necessarily going to be. Uh, and so I often think about that with relation to professional scouters. Um, my district executive years ago told me that's the thing about being a professional scouter. When you wake up in the morning and you're eating your Wheaties, you're, you're scouting like that's, that's how it goes. And so, uh, so we have to pay those professional scouters and, uh, and, you know, that's where some of that FOS money goes as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things in the council that we have to pay for that, um, you know, that, that FOS goes towards and it's, it's a very important thing to keep the council going. I'm just confused with the hour a week that all of our volunteers are giving to scouting. How do we actually not, are we not able to cover 24 seven coverage with the scouting movement? So, um, so I, I will say this, the, the hour a week thing is, is one of those things that folks from national are actually trying to get us away from saying, uh, <laughs> because it, it is, you know, not the case. Um, I, uh, you know, we, we all dedicate different levels of time and there are people who an hour a week may be realistic, but, uh, I know. I always, I always kind of added to that when people would say that, you know, it's an hour a week for each position you have times each kid that's involved in that, that you oversee. And then by that time I'm about at 200 hours a week and you know, that's, that's just, that's more than my job. Um, but no, it's, you know, in the middle of the night, something can happen. Uh, there could be a troop that's out camping and, uh, well, say for instance, that campery that I mentioned in my story, you know, when that happens, who, who needs to contact the insurance company? If somebody is hurt, who needs to, you know, I mean, who's going to make the call to, you know, to parents, to, you know, to, if, if, you know, goodness, you know, help any, anybody was seriously injured, had to go to the hospital or something like that the professionals are trained in how to handle those emergency situations. And so that's, that's the sort of thing where they would step in and, and take care of that. You, uh, you told that story about your first uh, camping experience and, and sort of like how sort of scary it was, but in the end you, you got through it. Um, that seems pretty analogous to what we're going through as a council right now. It absolutely is. I have, definitely seen some, some ups and downs in this council. Um, when, uh, when I was young, my council, cause the, the council here was kind of at a low point and on its way back up, we were in a rebuilding phase when I was a youth and I got to see us at kind of a high point. Um, I grew up in Massanutten district here in Harrisonburg and, um, 
our district had as many youth in it as the council has right now. So, you know, that's and when we were never the biggest district, uh, Monticello has always had more youth in it than the others. So, you know, so we had a, you know, a, a substantial number of youth in our council and it was a vibrant and thriving community. And we've seen over the years, uh, societal pressures, um, you know, legal troubles and all sorts of other things uh, have caused us to face hardships in membership and fine and, and finances follows that because if we don't have members coming in, we, we aren't getting that FOS family contribution. We have community, you know, community partners don't necessarily see as much value in us as a program. And so we, we are in a stage now where we have to go back to rebuilding like we did, you know, 30 years ago when I was uh, a brand new Tiger Cup. I, I think I misheard you. You said 30 years ago. I thought it was just like 15 years ago that you were a Tiger Cup, right? Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, Matt, you've given us a lot of uh, information, but I guess, you know, one of the things that I also want people to, to rethink about when they listen to this podcast is, is um, why today? Why why should we keep on uh, building this scouting program? What are, What is the council really giving us as units and why is that important? So what, what the council gives, uh, besides, you know, the charter, uh, <laughs> which is kind of the obvious one, is the support, um, the support that exists from, from the council is, is large in a number of ways. There's, of course, Camp Shenandoah, which every, everyone who's been there, uh, there's a special place in their heart for, for their camp. Uh, that's just the camp you go to as a youth. That's, it, it's a powerful one for you. Um, so we provide that camp. We, uh, have, you know, that structure for the volunteers for, um, you know, for the program, because if people don't necessarily know the way BSA breaks down is that councils are chartered by national and then the council then charters the units with new community partners. So without that council, there's no like link to deliver that scouting program. Um, so that's kind of like that, that connection to national where we can help, uh, help units and provide those resources. We can reach out to national and say, Hey, this is going on. We, we can pass along ideas. We can, we, we have a seat at the table when it comes to the na big national decisions. Um, you know, all of that stuff. So there's, there's a lot to the council that, um, what we, that is provided to the units that, uh, a lot of people just kind of take for granted and don't, and don't necessarily think about. So, you know, you mentioned that, that the camp that you went to as youth held a special place in your heart. And I'm just going to add to that as a parent, the, the camp that my kid went to in their youth, holds a special place in my heart, and that is Camp Shenandoah. And so if you are a parent who hasn't been able to take their kid out to Camp Shenandoah for a camporee, a cub camp, a, uh, a summer camp or something, you should definitely do it because uh, it will change your life forever and it'll change your um, what you what you see in that, that place because uh, it is a very special place. Yeah, it's coming as someone who has a child coincidentally named after the summer camp that I went to as a, as a youth. 
I don't think that was a coincidence, Adam. I, 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 I really say? don't think that was a coincidence. Uh, but either way, I, I found um, that, that going to Camp Shenandoah with my child, my children now, it has become home for me. Matt, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show today and talking with us. And uh, I just wanted to extend uh, our congratulations. Uh, it's been recently announced that Matt is one of our Silver Beaver recipients uh, for the council this year and much uh, deserved. And so congratulations, Matt. Thanks for coming on with us today. Well, I mean, thank you for inviting me. I, I enjoy trying to provide that that information and transparency to our council because I, I think it's important for everyone to have a good understanding of what's going on and I'm uh, you know my email is on the website and I'm always open for questions and I'll answer whatever I can and speaking of the silver beaver you know thanks again for that congratulations and if you are an Eagle Scout or you would like to congratulate our 2022 Eagle Scouts make sure you go to the council honors recognition dinner um, hopefully this comes out before then if it doesn't then you know <laughs> we will we'll make sure it gets on there by the fourth inch uh, it'll be coming out in a couple of weeks i hope as we wrap up this uh session of campcast matt you've given us a lot of great information and we're going to definitely have you back on the show if you're a listener and you have an idea for a campcast episode uh please li- reach out to adam or i uh you can look us up on twitter uh you can reach us through uh the council webpage, and there is also a chat function available through AnchorCast, which is currently what is our host for this podcast. Thanks very much, and we'll talk to you next time.